Coming up on Your Best Bets, Tim Miller joins me in studio. We review the second PGA Tour victory for Max Homa and another big win for our podcast. We gave you Max Homa last week. It was all three of us, Mark, Johnny, and myself. We love Max Homa at plus 7,000. He gets it done in his hometown and a tournament that meant a ton to him. A lot of fun to get another victory. We also review Sam Burns with another close call. Tony Finau with another close call to add to his tally. We dissect his game, his reaction to the tournament. Um, We review what we saw from Tiger. Um, Foreshadowing, it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, And then we preview the WGC at the Concession Golf Club this week. Stacked field once again. Uh, really tough to bet. We try to give you a couple of the betting angles that we like for this week. Before we get to Tim and the pod, I want to talk to you about the Golf Garage located on the north side of Fort Wayne. You got to check out the Golf Garage this winter and at any time if you need help with club repair, club fitting. Um, Use their TrackMan uh, simulators to dial in your game. You can get all the numbers you need to make improvements. I'm working on my game weekly to try to make improvements for the coming season. Um, Check out Matt and Dave. Check out their – well, don't check out Matt and Dave. Ask Matt and Dave for their help. Um, If you need it, they'll be there for you. Uh, Go to their website, golfgaragefw.com. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to Your Best Bets. We have another winning week to talk about, uh, and it was a sweat the whole way, but it was a lot of fun, and we watched a major, like, field at a major like venue this weekend and it felt like a major uh joining me in studio tim miller you're riding the uh the max homa euphoria right that's right i uh i got on board friday with uh with max but uh i i knew you guys had referenced uh, max on the on the pod so he played well on thursday i threw five bucks on i got him i like 4500 and 4700 but pretty Pretty good take from that win. It was really exciting. I uh, at, at one point when he missed the three and a half footer, I did collapse on the floor at the golf garage. Uh, there was a lot of people there, but they all knew what was going on. They knew uh, that was a pretty big putt. Uh, I know Dave had. I, I thought he said he had like two dollars on him late, so he had like a forty dollar thing going. So I'm sure he's pretty happy today too. What's up, Dave? Um, yeah, so I, I think. Max Homa was one of the more universal picks that we've had on this podcast. I know Johnny and Mark talked about him. I talked about him. We made it, Johnny and I made it one of our best bets, both of us to win on our uh, Instagram page. Uh, He started out at plus 7,000. So luckily I got him then. Um, And and before we get in tournament, I mean, that was just a situation where the form lined up with course history and the number, um, we're talking about a guy that played great last week at Pebble, but couldn't make a putt, but it was in top five ball striking. He's an LA guy. He 
uh, finished top five in this tournament last year. He grew up going to this course, loves it, treats it like a major. Uh, so that it, everything just lined up to, you know, it was kind of a no-brainer to at least get a piece of him, especially at plus 7,000 where he started, or even, even mid-tournament live, he was still at a reasonable number, even going into Sunday. Um, but uh, sometimes you just got to bet the number. And uh, there's a couple guys this week that I've already felt that way about, and we'll get into that later. But um, since since Reed won at Tory, I mean, this has been a good run for I, both of us. Yeah, yeah, it's After been four weeks in a row. It's been pretty awesome. It's it, I'm getting a little spoiled, honestly, because that's uh, three out of the four weeks for me. Last week I didn't really bet a lot, and I didn't win anything. And it was the first weekend that I and I felt. I was kind of down about it because I'm so used to being excited about a win. Now, the thing about Homa, I mean, after he missed a three and a half footer, like I felt it was over. And then he comes out and he hits that tee shot. And I'm like, well, you know, th- it was a good run. It was a lot of fun. I think it's actually you know? game over. Yeah, I, I thought he was done for sure. I mean, I've read conflicting things about how tough that shot was. Uh, some people are saying it wasn't that difficult from where, where the ball looked like it was and a, a player of my level. It was a pretty awesome shot and to pull it off and, uh, and to, to put that ball on the green, it put the heat on Tony and Tony just kind of did what he does. Unfortunately, he's a great player and he's playing great golf. I mean, he shot, a great score. 64. A great score. I mean, unbelievable. And he still loses the tournament. Yeah. The, um, so, and we'll, yeah, we'll get into Tony in a second. Uh, by the way, we gave out Tony Fina live uh, Saturday morning at plus 3,300. So, I mean, really good week for uh, your best bet, making some picks here. But, uh, yeah, that, that looked destined for Finau to finally make a putt on, on number 10 there after home was in trouble. Hits the great shot but misses the birdie, and you just think Tony's going to roll it in. Um, and then when he misses, then you feel like the momentum went back to Homa, and then Finau puts in the bunker on the second playoff hole and, and can't get up and down, and that was it. Um, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, uh, so going into Sunday, Sam Burns was the dominant story uh, of this tournament. He led after the first 18, 36, and, uh, and after the third round, which had to finish up Sunday morning. Um, and that's because of that crazy win situation on Saturday, which was, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights. That was Definitely, yeah. Where, uh, where Keegan's ball got just blown off mm-hmm. the green. Yes, <laughs> that was wild. And then he got up and down from there, but... Um, I've never seen that before, and I think the PJ Tour did make the right call, and I think it was based on just the green speeds. Um, I think if the greens were slower, maybe they could have gotten away with the win, but with those greens uh, rolling the way they were, it made, it made it unplayable. So they, they had to finish up on Sunday. So Burns had some dicey moments in the third round, but he finishes, I guess, with a two-shot lead. And then he, he plays the front nine in uh, four under, makes a turn leading by three, and, uh, by the way, I did not publicize Burns like I had been for weeks, but I still bet him, and uh, it was going to be a decent win, a little bit better than Homa. Um, and then the wheels started to come off just a little bit. Um, he got a real big break on 12, snap hooked it, and it should have went OB, and I don't know how that ball just majestically came back, but it did. He didn't, didn't really take advantage of it, still made bogey, makes a couple other bogeys coming in, and that opened the door for Homa and Finau, who 
both were just, I mean, they didn't miss a shot really all day. Yep. And uh, I, I had wondered if Finau was going to do enough with the putter coming in and he, he made a huge birdie on 16, nice putt on 17. And then I, I think maybe if he went one shot back, it would be the, the wedge from the middle of fairway in 18 where he, he misses the green. And, right. Uh, still makes a nice up and in, but and then that just opened the door for Max, you know, who hit two perfect golf shots on 18. I mean, you'll never see two better shots. Oh, he hit and, that shot in, and I was like, well, that's it, you know. But you kind of forget where they're putting and how tough those greens are. And maybe it looked like an easy three footer on TV, but um, and it horseshoed. You know, it was it wasn't just like a gentle lip. Right. It was it was aggressive and it was angry. And then for him to come out, and the thing the thing that amazed me was when he saw the the, the ball against the tree on ten. Yeah, you never saw an expression change on him. He he had that just stone faced. He was going to walk up there and hit the best shot he could. And I think once he hit that shot and and Tony missed his putt, I kind of felt like Homo was going to win. Like that was that was a chance. That was it right there. Um. Yeah, let's talk about the, the we go back to 18 where you you have a I mean a short putt to win. I guess what I'm saying the tournament you've been dreaming of winning. So to come back mentally after that and having having to go to a playoff and you hit it up against a tree. Uh I mean that takes some mental force. Back to back shots yeah. that are terrible. And I think I think we talk about I mean uh, attitude in golf being a huge asset. I think I think we've talked about it. Dustin Johnson, that's a strength where you can just forget it and go on. I mean, I got to give it to Max Homa because, I mean, he had to be feeling like he gave it away on that, that three-footer and then to come back and just grind away, even a way to push that to a second playoff hole. Um, it was really something. Um, and to, for people that don't know his career, I mean, he was a decorated amateur. I mean, he won the, I guess, the 13, 2013 NCA championships and he came out as a pro, and he was awful. He couldn't make a cut um, for you know, a couple of years. He had to go back to the Corn Ferry, got his card that way, and then he wins, comes back and wins in uh, 2019 at Quail Hollow. But, I mean, this guy was in the depths of professional golf for a long time. And it's weird because you just think these guys that are great amateurs that, that win NCAA tournaments and, you know, they win college tournaments that they're just going to come out and be great. Like, like a Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf kind of guy or Kyle Markawa, but Homa went backwards and he's now on the upswing. And we all know about the social media presence that gets talked about ad nauseum. And he does seem like a good dude. He seems like, like a guy you'd like to hang out with, but it seems like he's earned a lot of fans the last uh, year now, especially after this week. And, and it's good to see some guy that actually, I mean, it really meant a lot to him. You see so many of these guys that win so much that maybe they're desensitized to winning. Yeah, I agree with that. And, it, you could tell. And it it was a pretty emotional moment for him on the green and the on with the interview with CBS. Uh, but it's good to see that. I mean, that that's why you play golf. That's why guys like us go out there. Like we'll never get to, to feel, but we, we want to imagine what that feels like. And for a guy like this to come out of nowhere is a pretty stocked field, pretty good field. I mean, there's such a story of golf between these three players that, that had a chance at winning this tournament with Burns, Finau and, and Homa and the effect golf can have on you. I mean, Finau played his ass off on Sunday and got to that playoff played the best golf he probably could have played 
and he still lost the tournament and he cannot get over that hump. I mean, this guy finishes second a lot and it, it's got a, he's going to make a great living doing that. Oh, he's made a ton of money. I mean, the money part of it is great, but as a, as a, somebody who's competitive and, and wants to win, that's got to really take its toll on you. And then you got Sam Burns. He's looking to do something pretty amazing, you know, lead wire to wire and kind of, kind of come out of the shadow of, uh, Hovland and Wolf and Marikawa. 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 I'll be going by Marikawa yeah. from now yeah. yeah, it's whatever you want to call him. Collins. This is what I. Yeah. This is what I call him. But <laughs> he has an opportunity, and he he played great golf all weekend and didn't win the tournament. And it's just, it's like it, it's like we always say that's golf. You know, it, it's it's such a rough game, and mentally for these guys to just show up next week. And go out there and do the exact same thing. It sounds it's it sounds easy when you you look at it. You know these guys get to play golf all the time, but this is their light livelihood and it's work. And, it, and the mental side of it is one of the reasons why they're so much better than we are because they're so much stronger mentally. We let a bogey get in our way right. where they know they're going to come back and they're going to birdie the next three. They have that kind of confidence in their game and they believe in it. They don't think they're going to make another bogey. We make a bogey and we're like, well, that's the end of my day right there. You know, and a double, forget about it. If you're Sam Burns, I mean, you lead 50, the first 54 holes. You, okay, you actually lead the first 63 holes of this tournament. You shoot 69 on Sunday. You shoot under par on Sunday and you still get beat. I mean, what does that do to you? I mean, as a guy that he's got amazing pedigree. He was the 2017 NCAA Player of the Year, won the Nicholas Award as best amateur. I mean, he, he's he's due, and he's been playing great for months. I've been talking about it for a long time. I'm sure people that listen to this podcast are tired of me talking them up, but I believe I just believe in these kind of the, the pedigree of these guys. But what does that do to you if you're a young guy like that? The, I mean, he he was in the final group at Tory with Patrick Reed a few weeks ago. He's close, and now this week. I mean, do you feel like he's that if you're him, he thinks he's close or like, what else do I got to do? Well, I would think it's going to go one way or the other. He's going to get discouraged because he can't pull it off and he can't, he can't hold that trophy at the end of the, the weekend. Or he's just, it's just going to make him a better player, you know, a, a better mental player. And, and he's going to keep grinding. I mean, you'd like to think all these guys are going to keep grinding. He's a young guy, isn't he? 24. 24. I mean, he's, he's too young to let it get to him. He's got a, a lot of talent and a lot of years of golf to play. So um, you hope it goes that way, but it could easily, you know, affect you in a negative way where, you know, I, I've never been good enough at golf to, to, to make that kind of judgment. I've never been there at the end of a tournament and had a chance to win. I mean, I would love to just have that opportunity, and I, but I'm sure if once you get there, you know, you want to win every time these guys, these guys are all champions wherever they came from and they got really used to winning. And this is a really hard place to, to, yeah. to win. I mean, they're the, all these guys are ridiculous. Um, Tony Finau, we just scratched the surface there a little bit. Can you be one of the 10 best players in the world and not win ever? Um, I think, I think if you can be, it's Tony Finau. Like, I think that's just what it is. It's um, such an odd profile, isn't it? I mean, he's been there so many times just this season and the last, I mean, since he won in 2016, I mean, I think I saw 22 or 23 top fives in the last few years. I have the numbers right here. Okay. 
Um, 37 top 10 since 2016, his last win. The next closest is 16. Is that without a win? Um, I don't know if that other number, I'm assuming that's without a win. But still. Yeah. Uh, 21 top fives, and the next closest is 11. Yeah. Eight runner-ups. So, yeah, this guy, you, you think, like I said, he's making a good living doing this. He doesn't seem to be giving up because he, he's right there. And, you know, looking at the page today, I'm like, how can I – I just don't believe he's going to win though. Like, I just don't believe this is going to be the event. I believe he'll get it, but I don't know when it's going to be. Here's what bothers me. I, I talked about this with Johnny a few weeks ago. We were talking about Xander and I said, I, I, I feel nothing when I watch him play golf. Yeah. Uh, I'm bothered. And I wish, I guess I wish Finau was, he acted a little more bothered after just another yeah. tough, tough loss. And and maybe this is the way to go in golf is to be steady. It probably is, but I guess I guess I want to hear him say, "Man, I'm pissed. I I, I got to figure this out." And instead, of the post round interview, he's, well, "I'm happy with how I played today. I shot 64, and and you know he's not wrong, but I want to see something from him that you know shows that he's bothered by not winning. And I, I don't I don't really see it. I, I guess, and I, I he kind of falls in this category that guys that are amazing to watch, but I don't really, I, I don't really have a rooting interest for him at this point. I guess, I, I guess I have sympathy for him that he can't win, but I want, I want guys, I like guys with a little fire. I guess, you know, people may be bothered by John Rahm when he, you know, he, he breaks a club or something, but I like those kind of guys. I, it, it shows me they give a shit and I just don't see it with Fina. See, I don't think, I don't think it's that he doesn't give a shit. I just think that you play your best golf, like unemotionally, you know, like, and I think even though it's after the round, I think you kind of have to become that person to, you, you kind of just have to take everything in stride because if you get too emotional with golf and I know what you're saying, like in a basketball game, somebody is pretty worked up after the game. And I just think it's a little bit different with golf. I mean, sure. There was a lot of disappointment there and he was putting on a pretty good cover. So we're, we're like switching roles because us as golfers oh well yes yes <laughs> i have calmed down a lot though like, yeah but you used to be john Rahm. but i exactly yeah i even last i still I'm, a, I'm tony feet out of the course yeah i i mean i still broke a wedge last year uh got that fixed at the uh, golf garage um they do that too okay. um but yeah i i still have a little bit of anger but i i have i feel like i've gotten a lot better with that and i feel like that's helped improve my game too uh by not getting so pissed off over you know well over I just, golf i just want to make the point that you're you're defending his lack of emotion and i'm i'm attacking it but um i just knew i knew when they interviewed him i'm like here it comes here comes the token phenol line and he gave it to me right right on cue um uh, what other takeaways from sunday dj was kind of another show which i guess i guess if yeah. you're in this position every single event it's going to happen yeah, it was a little surprising though. Like I felt like he was he was going to really be in the mix at the end and he just kind of disappeared. And I was kind of happy about it cuz I'm not a DJ fan, you know. And, and, and you're not. But it's just just me and I know a lot of people probably would have loved to see him in the mix, but it was a good financial uh I guess, you know, uh result him, sure. him falling falling away in the back nine. Um CBS, I don't know how much you saw Sunday, 
I, I know you were a little busy Saturday, but um, I gotta give props. I mean, I've, I've been talking about the coverage, and I, I think I made mention that they at Tory they said they had a new producer on the show. The drone shots mm-hmm. at Riviera were, I mean, it was sick. That was I mean, some cool stuff. It yeah. was awesome. I mean, I, I I wanted to go play that course so bad, and we'll get to Riviera in a second. But coverage is better. Um, you know, the commercials are always going to be there, but I think the crew is a little bit better. Um, I don't love Faldo. God, I'd love for Mickelson to. I'd love for Mickelson to step in for Faldo and be so good. Faldo talked about Cam Smith's hair quite a bit, which was interesting. But <clears throat> we'll talk about Cam Smith a little bit more later. No, I, I didn't get to see a ton of it, but. I do have the app and I do pull that up once in a while. I don't know if that's still CBS. I don't know who's actually controlling that, but I did, I did watch Sunday on TV and not on the app. So um, it seemed like a lot of commercials though, like in the split screen thing at weird times, um, they, they play through. Yeah. I mean, it's fine to do that, but like, Key yeah, there's some big stuff going on. You don't you don't want that split screen. It, it's kind of annoying, and it just seemed like there was a lot of commercials. So I guess I'd rather just have the commercials like normal, and then have longer stretches of golf. Um, I, other I, than that, I yeah, mean, I just I, I like some of the cameras they're using. The drone shots are, are pretty cool. They're 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 giving you angles and um, uh, shots at certain greens, certain shots that you've never seen before. And so I like that. Um, Riviera, uh, what a proper ass golf course, though. It's good. So, one of the few golf courses on tour doesn't really have any water. There's very few out of bounds. I think on 12, when Burns almost hit that out of bounds, that's one of the few OB situations you have in the course. <clears throat> so, it's just one of those classic old style courses with, you know, severely contoured greens. Um, the rough isn't even that long, but it's you get on the wrong angle coming into a green, it can penalize you. Um, it's shocking that there hasn't been a major at this course since 1995. Uh, 1995 PJ. Shout out Steve Elkington. Um, who, by the way, just he, he's an interesting Twitter follow. I don't know if you know that. No, I'll take a look at his page. But yeah, 1948, the last U.S. Open. There's, I, just, I, I don't get it. Uh, I mean, so I, you know, my my properly rated, overrated, underrated take was going to be Riviera and. Uh, in my mind, that's it's the most underrated course, underappreciated course in the country. Now, I did hear they're going to have the Olympics there in 2028. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... Does, does anyone care about the Olympics? Uh, I, I mean, Justin Rose, Mr. Gold maybe, <laughs> I don't. Maybe golfers, you know, I think they really care. I mean, I don't know. That sounds... I don't know if I like that, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't you know. Don't, you don't seem like an Olympics guy. I'm not. So I just, I kind of felt like you're putting me on the spot. I'm like, no, I don't give a shit, but no, it's, it, it, it's still golf though. Like for me, it's still golf. I I'll still watch it because it's golf and the best players in the world are going to be playing there. So, um, yeah, but that's a long time. I mean, I, I think they had the aimer there a couple of years ago or no, I think that was LA golf club, but, um, no, Riviera deserves they deserve a major at some point in the next ten years. I mean, I know they've already scouted out the PGA and, and the US Open for the next seven, eight years. So yeah. it's 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 just well, from what I hear, like they don't really even trick the course up a lot. They just let they it play and the, the course protects itself and those are cool courses because I mean, even us playing at the level that we play, we know we can go to a certain course where they have deliberately 
double roll greens and double cut them. <laughs> Calling out the greenskeepers of the local courses. <laughs> I'm just saying, like sometimes even these local courses. Tom Bodron, you listening? Now, Tommy always does a great job with the course. Um, except for in the big cup, it was pretty tough. But pretty tough. Um, but no, like I like a course that you don't have to do that. You can just show up and play in this hard and you don't have to make that rough, you know, five inches deep. And it's, that's real golf to me. It's, it's a golf course that was built properly and it was laid out great. And it, I mean, it just looks awesome on TV too. It does. It just, it's set in the, sort of the Valley there and it's just, it just looks amazing on TV. So love to get out there someday and then check that tournament out. Um, Tiger, did you see the uh, I did the brief parents' thoughts? Well, honestly, I thought he looked kind of puffy or something. You know, like I I wrote down some notes. Yeah, puffy face. Yeah, what was I don't know what that was about. At times, at times it looked like he might have got a hold of uh, some of those edibles out there in California. He just didn't look right to me, and maybe he's in pain. I the whole situation just didn't seem right to me it didn't seem like tiger it's pretty well said he he didn't look good to me didn't look good i didn't get a good vibe at all masters is in six weeks yeah i I can't see him playing in the masters in six weeks i mean i just that that interview was pretty disturbing to me and i know when when the news broke what four or five weeks ago johnny and i talked about it and uh uh i was pretty discouraged and I'm, i'm even more discouraged after seeing him oh yeah I wish he wouldn't have done the interview at all. And Nance was trying to get out of him about the Masters, and he was saying he hopes he's going to play. It was all the token Tiger responses. And um, the thing about the fuse back is, you know, I read this a couple years ago, is that it's 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 a short term fix, and there's going to be more surgeries that follow. Mm-hmm. It's just it's inevitable. And so, are we there at this point where now it's just going to be? surgeries for this and that and i mean i mean what else do we want out of tiger though i mean that's my question i mean is this i mean it's almost like what what else do we need i mean i think i think we unless it's tom brady you want to see somebody at the end of their career that has been a superstar you know like that that one last time and i think i think we got that and i and, and i think we want always want more with tiger because for most of us He's kind of the guy that that changed the PGA, changed golf, you know, like it kind of like Nirvana with music, you know, like he was the Nirvana of golf and he changed the game for a lot of people. And we all want we all want that because it seems like once the legends go away, you're not going to have your next legend or it doesn't come around that often. And um, and, and we love to watch him play. And, and the Masters in 2019 was it's unbelievable. And, it, and we want that again, but I just don't think at this point, I doubt we're going to get it. I think if that's the case, you might want to start looking at Charlie or whatever one was playing golf, because um, I think that's where it's going to come from. And I think in a way that's probably where Tiger belongs at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm conflicted. You know, part of me thinks that it's still Tiger and he's proved us wrong countless times with injuries and, and you know all the personal stuff, and he came back from putting or chipping yips, and but this this just seems like it's headed in a, a direction. And, and I mean, I guess he's forty four years old. It's, this isn't going to last forever. And I think you just asked a good question: What else do we want from him? 
and uh, we got the moment in, in 19 with the Masters that I think that that was the, the Jack and the 86 Masters moment. Maybe the best moment in golf, yeah, you know, I mean, in I, my life. In like, my lifetime, too. It, I mean, was, it was unbelievable. Uh, it was one of the best Sundays of my life. Um, I was watching with my son. It was, he was into it. It was the best. And, uh, but it's all, we just always want more and more. But, I mean, it just it feels to me we're on a path where this, this is going to get more and more dicey. And uh, we should expect less. Um, any other thoughts on Riviera and this tournament and, just felt like a major the whole weekend it did it was awesome it was a great weekend of golf i was on my phone quite a bit and uh well obviously when you have money on it you're checking on stuff a lot but i did enjoy the golf the golf part of it was was good entertainment and that's a tough golf course i mean that's a that's a lot different than the winning score that we've seen lately so yeah it's good to see it's good to see the course you know kind of fight back it it kind of shuts the whole distance and you know, tinkering up these courses and lengthening all this stuff and messing with the equipment, it kind of puts it to sleep for a week. And I think that's kind of nice, you know, it, that, that whole conversation, it's going to be there, but like, it gets, it gets old. And I don't think, I don't think any purists in golf really want them to change equipment to, to make the pros less good you know like it's kind of like saying well high school basketball rims are 10 feet but the professionals are 12 and it well that was kind of my argument last week i just don't i'm not i'm not totally against that myself but that's that's just me but why what does it matter to you if those guys go out there and shoot 13 under every day on a course that is that hard, if that's what they do and that the final score is, you know, 52 under so par, that's we're getting there. but I mean, does it really matter if it's still competitive? You sound like Rory and Justin Thomas. Um, we're never going to get quite to that point. Some of these courses they're going to have to do something or they're just going to be lost in the mix. It's just the way it is. It's just like when we watch NASCAR and it's, it sounds like a, a, a bad analogy, but like some of the old racetracks, the Darlington's and, um, shit. I, there's a couple more that they used to race at all the time. <laughs> I only said Darlington cause I just went past Darlington last week, but th- there was course or racetracks that they raced at that kind of just became they're just gone because they didn't fit the mold of what NASCAR was trying to do. So, you know, but it's, it, it's golf. I mean, all of us have the capabilities to do those things. It's just, we don't. And they're on the PG. They're the best players in the world. I don't think you take it away. You don't, you don't change anything for them. They should be innovators of, of the game. And we're, we're there to reap the benefits of it. Two things I know for sure is that I did not expect to hear comparisons <laughs> to Nirvana and NASCAR. In the last 10 minutes, uh, I didn't expect that. That's why you being, bring the guy with that's, the mullet in. That's, that's why we record this, and yeah, we, we bring you in for the uh, for those takes. Let's, uh, let's move on to the tournament this week. Um, the WGC World Golf Championship. Normally, this is played in played. Mexico, I think, since 2017, the last three or four years, and uh, Dustin Johnson dominated that course. But uh, because of COVID-related issues, they've moved this to um, the 
concession golf club in Bradenton, Florida. Never been played, uh, never ever hosted a PGA Tour event. Are you going to tell the story why it's called a concession? I am. I'll Thank you. Yeah. Um, this is a Jack Nicholas designed golf course. Um, uh, named this because of the, this, I guess, the sportsmanship that Jack Nicholas uh, extended to Tony Jacklin. And, and I'll check my notes. I think it was the, the 69 Ryder Cup at, uh, in, in Royal Burkdale when he conceded a two foot par putt to Jacklin and, and had their match. Um, and I, I guess the results have been a, a tie that year for the Ryder Cup. So, yeah. Nicholas, good story. Ever, I mean, the, ever the sportsman. Um, but Jacqueline helped Nicholas design the course. Uh, it's not, not very old at all. It's only 15 years old. Um, but this course, from what I understand and read, is it a lot of the green complexes are uh, Augusta-like. Um, Bermuda grass, it's long. It, uh, I think it plays close to 7,500 yards. Um, the par fives, it sounds like two of them may not be reachable and two may be forced layups. Or I'm sorry, two are forced layups and two may be reachable. Um, World Golf Championships, historically, at least the last, I, I have to look up the stat, maybe I'll find it while we're talking. Um, almost always won by or won by top 20 players in the world. I almost. believe that, yeah. Um, and I, I know I, I already referenced Dustin winning several of these the last four or five years. Um, normally it is a top player. There's only 71 players in the field. It's, just, it's a no-cut event. Um, so, you know, consider that for your top 10s, your top 20s. Uh, do you like to win top 10s, top 20s? I don't. No. <laughs> I don't usually do them, mainly because – Unless I feel really confident in somebody, when you're betting like plus two hundred, like you gotta you gotta bet something, you know, you gotta throw twenty on that, and then you you could just sure. dump that twenty. So, to me, there's not enough value in it. I like the big wins. I don't like to, yep. to chip I'm, away. No, I'm with you. I, I usually place win bets only. Um, I know Johnny. He 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 likes to do a lot of top tens, twenties. Um, but uh, I guess it's just personal preference on on what you like to do. But I, I definitely like to go for the wins as well. I um, also shout out to Mark for uh, his Pat Rogers top 20 pick. It did play out really well, and he got that one. Um, it was a good um, week for you guys last week. And and Johnny did hit Max Homa head-to-head over uh, Kokrak. I hit uh, Victor Hovland. He shared the best or top Euro, shared it with Rom and Fitzpatrick. So I think that got reduced from plus, plus 600 to plus 200. Um, yeah, good week last week. So we hit a few. I'm not going to hit them all, but uh, we've had a good run here. Um, So what have you seen as far as the concession golf club as being key metrics or key things to look at when we go through this field? Let's go back to the name of the course for a second. Oh, sure. Like what he did in that uh, Ryder Cup was very sportsmanlike. But then it seems a little narcissistic to go name a golf course (laughs) after it, after something great you did. I'm just saying. Uh, that's a good point. It, it's, you know, it, I didn't think of it that way. That's why I appreciate your unique perspective. Yes. Kind of I mean, I I know narcissism <laughs> if I know anything. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> this week is so hard to bet. And I spent a lot of time, especially like end of the tournament yesterday, knowing I'm going to be on the pod getting to work early, trying to figure out anything about this golf course that might 
help me pick a guy knowing the top 20 usually win these events. It's, it's a tough one. And, and, um, you want to go off of the way people are playing, uh, but you got to kind of look at the layout of the course a little bit, the greens, who's, who's going to putt well, always seems to come down to putting. Um, it did this last weekend. So, um, Paul, Paul Azenberg, I was reading something. I actually have it up. Um, he, he's a, he lives in Bradenton, Florida, and he's talking about this golf course. He said that if you don't carry the ball 300 yards, you're going to be in trouble from the back tees. Um, so you really got to, you really, it really favors a carry longer. it 300. Huh? It really got to, fa- it favors the longer hitters. Um, let's see, see that quote. Um, so it sounds like from what we, what we can just, I mean, tell from some of the guys that know the course that length is, length is, a, is an advantage, but it's not, a, a, I guess, an end all. Um, it sounds like, it's fairly generous in some areas as far as width off the tee. Uh, uh, it sounds like a second shot golf course and someone that could put Bermuda greens to me. Um, here's where he said, if you see the golf course from a 310 carrier carry distance off the tee, it's not very hard. If you carry around 280 to 290, it becomes a very, very difficult golf course. Hmm. Um, well, I don't know how much you trust Paul Azinger. Uh, I mean, he. But those guys that fly at three ten, they'll get six sand wedges in their hands and the part four, part fives. Um, so from a bomber's eye, it's not that difficult. How many guys in this event fly at three ten consistently? I mean, the top three that just come to mind would be Bryson, Rory, DJ. I mean, probably Brooks. Um, Finau's up there. Like, I don't. I, JT's a little bit shorter. There's some guys that can fly it that far, but I mean, see, I did not read anything about the length. It, it sounded to me like the length wasn't going to be an issue. That there was three over 200 yard par threes uh, that could play pretty difficult. So that kind of, I took that into consideration, um, just because you're going to play those par threes four days, and those scores kind of add up. So. Uh, the, the putting on Bermuda, I kind of took into consideration the distance. I didn't, I, I knew it was 7,500 yards and the par fives are kind of a couple of them. You're just going to have to lay up. And then the other ones, you, yeah. the right conditions, the right drive, you could go for it. I still don't think it's going to, it's going to necessarily favor the, the long hitters. I, I don't know much about the course. I couldn't even find a layout of it. So I was just curious of how everything looked and yeah. I couldn't even find that. So it's, this is all just data that you're getting and, you know, and checking other sites and, and reading quotes from Paul Azinger, you know, uh, from what I understood is going to be fast greens and, and wedge play was going to be pretty important as well, that because sounds, it sounds about right. So everything I have is kind of based off that. And the only tournament we have to go off of is the 2015 NCAA championship. Bryson won and uh, beat guys like, Rom, Shuffler, and Xander that are in the field. That's really all we have. Um, so let's get into the odds. Um, like you said, it is stacked. It is really tough at the top. Um, guys under plus 2,000. DJ's going off as the favorite again. Uh, not unsurprisingly, plus 525. These are on draft. Odds are on DraftKings. I know you're a fan, do a guy, but uh, on this podcast, 
<laughs> what are you trying to get a sponsorship or something? DraftKings listening. Uh, John Rahm at plus eight fifty. Xander at plus eleven hundred. Oh, I didn't see that. So Xander's plus eleven hundred. Another guy that doesn't win tournaments. That's that's hard to believe. I I have Xander at plus fourteen hundred. So Xander's going to be better number. Cantley at plus fourteen hundred. Finau at plus sixteen hundred. Ahead of Rory at plus sixteen fifty. Bryson, 1850, and JT at 1850. Those are the eight guys I have under plus 2,000. How do you separate these guys at the top? Oh, man. It's a tough one. It is so hard. I mean, I, I've struggled more with the top guys, um, which it's like I said, I, it's, it's, it's formula-based. It's, 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 it's probably more thinking into it than and it should be in statistics because I'm not really that guy. You know, like I'm not really a big stats guy. It's kind of like who's playing well right now? Who's going to come out the gate and, and play well in this tournament? Man, I, I just went off of all those things I said. You know, the, I found a little formula online with that, that took a, a lot of the strokes gained stats into consideration, putting on Bermuda, um, par three, plays par three over 200 yards you know who's 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 playing those the best right now and i made a couple picks and i'm probably gonna i probably bet a little bit different than most people do first day you know prior to uh the tournament beginning i will probably throw down five dollar bets kind of spread out uh between you know like three or four different areas you know some really long shots and then some guys that are favored I'll see how they play on Thursday. Uh, Max Homa, like I, like I said earlier, is just a hedge bet. Basically, it was to because of the way he played on Thursday, and because you guys mentioned him, and that's kind of what I'll do on Friday. Usually, I don't bet after Friday because you know the guys who are playing. Unless you catch somebody on a live bet that their number is pretty high, and you can see they're kind of moving, but you got to be watching it. You know, you got to see how they're playing. So, if I'm not in front of it, I'm not going to live bet on it. So. I'll spread the wealth. And even though I'm going to just list my two favorites, I have, I, I, I might, I might throw a little bit on all those guys, especially the high numbers like Bryson at plus 2000 on FanDuel. I mean, why not? You I know, don't know when you'll see him that high. I mean, a $5 bet. I mean, yeah. why not take a shot on it? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. He was plus 900 at the masters. Right. And now he's double that three months later. And he's um, kind of struggling. He is. I mean, so let's be honest. I I had three win bet or three of my my best bets last week were Bryson and JT, and they were awful. I don't know if JT's had a worse term as a pro. Um. So, but you also haven't seen numbers this low on Bryson and JT, and I can't remember when. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and and, and I mean, I don't I don't want to keep going back to the well, but. This this sounds to me like a JT course. He puts he puts Bermuda well. He is one of the best iron players on tour. And if you just look at his last week as an anomaly, and now you're getting a break on his number. I kind of feel like last week was kind of rock bottom for him because of his grandpa. I think he's going through some shit. Like I think he's working through some stuff, but I think for once you and I are gonna agree on something because I have JT circled. I, I believe he's going to be there on Sunday. Yeah. I, and sometimes I, I think I said at the top, sometimes you just got to bet the number and we know what caliber player he is. Right. He's maybe besides DJ, the most prolific winner on tour since 2017. 
you could make an argument for Rory. It's, I mean, Rory's number keeps dropping um, as well. I mean, he's he's sixteen hundred on on Fanduel. Yeah, it's so you, Rory, Bryce, and JT are kind of in the same boat. Their numbers have dropped a lot, and guys that are going up the board, Xander and Tony, but those guys don't they don't have any win equity, right? In my in my book, and I just I don't know how you can confidently bet Xander Shoffley at plus eleven hundred when he hasn't won a, a tournament in three years, and Tony hasn't won a tournament in five years, and they're they're top five in the odds guy that's still playing great. Cantling. Um, he kind of dropped off Sunday. I expected more from him, but he's still been playing really well. And maybe John Rahm is a guy under the radar, but the number's pretty short. I like Cantley too. I have, I have JT and Cantley out of the, the top tier guys. Yeah. Um, they're, I believe that they have the best chance to win there, but I mean, DJ could go out and dominate the field, you know, like it. That's the thing. You just don't know when he's just going to, I mean, he hasn't putted well. Even when he won in Saudi Arabia, he didn't putt well. Um, and he's dominated the WGCs, as we mentioned. And some of these guys up here, they really need a win. I mean, not just like the Finals, but Rory, and Xanders, Rory, but Rory, Rory needs one. one. Bryson, I believe, needs one for his confidence. I mean, if he continues to uh, kind of just play average or play bad, I mean, it, all this stuff he's been doing – you know, at some point, you got to start to question what's going on. Yeah. Um, Let's, um, our JT, you like Cantlay. I would, I would probably just, I would go Rory and, and JT from that top group. Um, 2,000 to 5,000, uh, Berger at 2,200. Terrell Hatton at 2,250. I'll talk about him in a second. Hovland at 2,250. Webb at 2,250. Brooks at 26. Reed at 3,150. Joaquin Neiman at 35. That's kind of high. Uh, Sanjay M, 45. A guy I already bet today because of the number. Colin Morikawa is at 46.50. That's already dropped from 5,500 today. And Scotty Scheffler at 46.50. Um, a lot of these guys offer something, whether it's recent form. Guys like Brooks and Reed, who have won recently. Um, I want to talk about Terrell Hatton. He is the fifth-ranked player in the world. He's won four of his last 18 starts. I know only three of those four have been on the Euro Tour. Um, he's as hot as anyone in the world, maybe not named DJ. Is is this guy too low? <laughs> it it kind of seems like a steal. Uh, what did you have? I have him at 2,000 on. 2,250. 2,250. That's like the first one that's been the opposite. But, um, yeah, I... I I mean, it's an interesting thought. He, he does win. He knows how to win. He's been great lately. Yeah, I, I think I don't see – he's not on my list, but he is a good guy to throw a, a $5 on um, pre-tournament and see what happens with him because he could win win you a little bit of cash that way. But uh, I don't really know a lot about him. He's just kind of quiet, and he's always around. and yeah, um, Just good good player, good ball striker. Uh, what about uh, anyone else in that range that, that, that kind of catches your eye? Well, I wrote several down, and I'm a lot of them are interesting. Kepka's still interesting. Reed is a little bit. Um, Fleetwood. Uh, Fitzpatrick's been playing well, and Neiman. I, I really, yeah, I have him plus four thousand on on Fanduel, and that that seemed like why not? You know, like dudes right there. Was in the mix. Uh, Burgers at plus twenty nine hundred, and 
Cam Smith. I I, I am going with Cam Smith at plus five thousand and Berger at plus twenty nine hundred out of this group. Okay. I like Cam Smith. I like the way he's playing right now, and uh, and he's kind of got a mullet, so I I appreciate what he's doing there. Yeah, kind of kind of follow that. Um, I'm not seeing the number on Cam Smith. It must be he's six thousand. Six thousand. That's so, even better. Well, this this actually, I mean, goes back to my point that I've made several times. I mean, if you have multiple accounts, find the number you like. I mean. They're going to vary. There's going to be guys that are higher on some books and lower on the other books, but um, shop around. Open accounts on uh, various books. It really, it really benefits. It you. does. It does. I mean, it Plus, really you does. get you get to uh, take all the different books and their promotional stuff, and that promotional stuff really helps out. I mean, if you can, if any way you can get free money doing this and then bet with it. You, you might as well do that. Well, you know, that's what I, I, I really enjoy doing. And uh, I'll have to explain that on the Betting 101 episode that you've been pushing for. <laughs> I was like two months ago. <laughs> it's, in the work, it's in the works. Um, but no, that's uh, – so, yeah, just just shop around. I, I, I So I mentioned I bet Morikawa this morning. Um, his number dropped immediately. I think I texted you, and he, 10 minutes later he was, he was going down. Um, so money was already coming on him. Um, I like Morikawa. I don't, I think he finished top 20 at Riviera and, uh, I think the higher play speaks for itself. Um, it was really tough for me not to go with him, you know, like in that group, I think there's a lot of guys that could win the event. I mean, I, I like Neiman, I like Morikawa and Cam Smith and Berger, Fitzpatrick, Kepka. I mean, there's so many guys in that group. I, I, I mean, Howell just finished fifth again. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's. I think it's, it just shows how stacked the field is when a lot of these guys have. I mean, three of the guys in this group, four really. I mean, Berger, Hatton, Kepka, and Reed have have won very recently. I mean, this is where most of my betting is going to go. It's my favorite range, so I mention every time. I yeah. mean, there's so much money that you can win on a guy that's plus thirty five hundred, plus four thousand with a twenty dollar yeah. bet, fifteen ten, whatever. Um, so I, I would probably take Morikawa. Um, Webb is kind of interesting because he just plus Bermuda's so great, but it's if it's a longer course. Gives me a little bit of pause, but his iron play is so good. He usually can make up for it. Best player on tour after the driver, Webb Simpson. Yeah. Uh, 50 or, or 5,000 to 10,000. I'm not going to name all the names here, but um, who stands out here in this group to you? Oh, there was a there was a few guys in there, but I only wrote three names down and I circled two. And and uh, is it Co-Crack? He's at plus 8,000 on, on FanDuel. I like him. He seems like he's been playing pretty well. And uh, and Will, uh, plus 6,000. That's uh, what I was going to mention as well. Yeah, that's in that number, that's what I like. Zalatoris, uh, again, flashed again at Riviera. Top 20. Top 20 in seven of his last nine events. Um it just feels like it's trending to me. Yep. It's trending for something, and, and this guy's near future to me. Um, you get him at the same number that Homa started at last week. I don't know. I kind of like Zalatoris. Um, there's not a lot of other guys I like in this range. I mean, you got guys like Jason Day, Adam Scott, Hideki, but none of them are playing great. 
no, like Day's not playing well, but like he showed up pretty high on the radar on my little calculation, like as far as all these numbers. But, 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 but you also have to be playing good golf, and I just don't, he you know. He hasn't played good, really good in a while. Uh, and I, I, I like the thought of Adam Scott, but then I watch Adam Scott putt. Right. He was last in the field Thursday putting. I mean, this is still an issue. Um, Cam Smith, I think, is interesting. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. He, he was really close on Sunday. Yep. He, did, he didn't make a lot of putts either. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but, yeah, Zell Torres, love that one. The bomb range, I love it, plus 10,000 and above. Give me a name or two here. This is where, by the way, in, in, in a WGC, you get some you get some names that you haven't heard of. <laughs> I did. I saw that. I <laughs> I was like, uh, well, Amanda was looking at the very last guy, and she's like, if I put two dollars on this guy, and I'm like, I've never heard of that guy. Daniel Vantana. <laughs> she she brought his name up. I I looked through it, and I wrote down uh, Na answer and Kisner, and I'm gonna. I'm going to say Kisner and answer are the ones I'll probably, I'll probably bet all three of these, sure. but my Remember. highest, yeah, with the, the highest confidence is going to come from Kisner and answer. Kisner's a great Bermuda putter. Um, I don't mind that. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mention Matt Wolf, but he's been awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's plus 11,000, but he, you can't have any confidence in him right now. It seems like he's struggling. Um, I mean, if, if I was going to go down the board and name a name, Robert McIntyre at plus uh, 15,000, he recently won on the Euro Tour, and he's one of the younger up-and-comers on the European Tour. Um, Kerry Woodland at plus 20,000, but he hasn't been great. I believe we talked about Cameron Champ last week, and then he withdrew. Uh, I'm not sure why. He's down there at plus 25,000. I mean, this is, I think I mentioned last week, you look at a guy that has a, a, a skill or two that you really like, but Bezadenhoop, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. Plus 15,000. He won twice on the Europe tour back to back in December. Okay. Um, I'd have to look at, I mean, I think he's top 30 or 40 in the world. While we talk, I'm going to check that out, but Christian Bezadenhoop, I think I got that name right. Where's he from? He is from South Africa. Okay. Um, but I'm actually surprised he's that low. Um, but why not? Yeah. I mean, why not a couple of bucks? I mean, I guess you say that when you win every week and you have money to gamble with, but he is the 36th ranked player in the world. It's not bad. He's ahead of guys like Sergio, Jason Day. Will Zalatoris. I mean, if you're just talking about a guy that it seems way too low on the board compared to the rest, I mean, does Will Zalatoris have twice as good a chance as winning as this guy? I don't know. Um, so I'll talk him up. I mean, yeah, he won back to back the Dunhill Championship in the South African Open uh, in December. Uh, his finishes in the last four events haven't been great, but. What kind of competition they play in in those events? Well, that was the 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 dual African and Euro Tour event. That both of those, I think it was reasonable. Okay. I mean, I'd have to go deep into the results. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question, though. But yeah, I mean, he's winning, or he did win. But like, who was he playing against? Me? You know, it's, I don't think it'd be me, but. 
But if you're looking at fifteen thousand, two bucks, give it a run. Yeah. Throw a dollar on it. Who cares? A lot of these guys that are are plus ten thousand, spread those bets out and and kind of cover all your bases. Anything else you like from the event? Uh, any other bets, props? I don't really do too many props. Every once in a while, I will do like a a four three ball parlay. I've, so I've actually hard. hit on a couple of it's those. So hard. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I haven't been doing well. Because uh, it ties a loss. It ties a loss, yeah. So you you end up, you know, you throw $5 on it. It's 150 bucks to win. It's, it's still fun. You know, you still have a shot if things go your way. So I don't have any of those. Um, I know you guys usually do top 10s. So I have a couple guys that I like uh, for for top tens one's plus 6600 on FanDuel, and that's ryan palmer and another guy is uh webb simpson and actually that was the win right i don't have the numbers on i got plus 400 for a top 10 okay and simpson's probably pretty yeah probably pretty plus low. 250 for Webb. See that stuff isn't even worth betting to me. Well, you gotta put a substantial weight. I'm not gonna put a hundred dollars on Webb Simpson to finish in the top ten. Christian Bezade beat Sean Crocker at the Alfred Duckell, so he's an American. What's his number for a top (laughs) ten? I think Sean Crocker. Not not Sean Crocker. No, Bezade. I was gonna mention that um, actually after we were talking about top tens, plus eight hundred. Okay, that's a little better. Plus eighteen hundred for a top five. Um, all right, let's get to your bet of the week. What do you got? What's the one that you, that you love the most here? Oh man, the one I love the most. I am. I'm gonna play. Um, the PGA kind of needs. I mean, we had a pretty good story this weekend, but JT JT is gonna come back, and I believe JT is gonna win this event. I thought for sure you're gonna do cancel. Not yet. <laughs> Too many good players in this field. I, I think Cam Smith will win soon. Um, but I'm going to go with JT. I just think last week was rock bottom. He's going to come back out firing. This course is good for him. Uh, from what I know about it, uh, I could be terribly wrong. Uh, he could miss the cut and shoot plus eight. But I'm going to go with JT. I like it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well, and I think I talked about him last uh, two or three weeks ago, but uh, my bet of the week will be Will Zalatoris. Um, you can find him at plus 7,000 to win on DraftKings right now. Um, if you don't love that, you can get insurance at plus 1,100 as a top five, but plus 7,000 for Willie Z, and he is moving in the right direction. Um, uh I'll give you I'll give you Bizaydenhu plus eight hundred for a top ten as well, and um, that's that's where I'm going to roll. I'm going to definitely go with Salatoris. Uh, first round leader bet. I'm going to throw this out there. Eric Van Royen at plus ten thousand. First round leaders are the best. You can throw a dollar two on each of these guys that are plus seven thousand, eight thousand, just for the first round. There's always a random guy up there. Uh, I like Van Royen. He's got uh, he's got some game. I like Abraham Hanser for that. Okay. First round leader. Honest Abe is plus 5,000 for first round leader. All right. Final thoughts on the concession. I'm excited. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to be watching a course we've never seen before. And, uh, 
at least most of us, I don't know, maybe somebody's played there, but I think it should be interesting. And it's just, it's all, it's everybody, you know, this except minus a couple, I think it's Tiger and uh, Casey. Casey. So this is, this is it. And this is a huge event and it's, it's going to be fun. Um, no idea what you, do you think the projected winner is going to be, you know, shooting? I mean, you kind of figure it's going to be like a 16 or an 18 kind of event, but. That's what Paul Azinger said. Did it? Well, yeah, there you go. Maybe I do like Paul Azinger. You, you but yeah, I think it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be a great weekend of golf. I'm going to pay attention to stuff on Thursday and, and probably load back up on, on Friday morning and hope for the best. Maybe I'll get uh, back to back here. I'll be going for five in a row. That's impressive. I mean, got Reed pre-tournament and, and home of pre-tournament. And, uh, oh, no, Brooks pre-tournament too. And then uh burger was a live bet, but uh, yeah, five in a row. We're going to go for it. Um, yeah. Burger was the only one I missed out there and uh, still been a good run though for, for both of us. And it's been a lot of fun. Golf is uh, the best place to bet. I believe it's, it's, it gives you the best money. Uh, I mean, as far as any sport and, it's uh you're gonna lose a lot but when you win you're gonna win pretty sizable and here's my thing like most sports you have to bet a hundred bucks to win anything decent yeah. golf you can spread that hundred bucks around you're probably gonna win something you know if you use your head and you spread it around to 15 guys and just different bets like you're you're gonna hit on one of those guys at least you get your hundred dollars back yeah and although neither one of us love to do a lot of top 10 top 20s you could do it that way and yeah. you could win some um all right, Tim, thanks for coming on and uh, talking about this tournament and reviewing last week. It fun. Yeah, it seems like we've been here forever. I hope it's yes. not too long of a show. I mean, it's... Uh, Top of an hour here. That's, that's not too bad. I had a lot of stuff I wanted to cover tonight, too. I wanted to talk about uh, the Sugar Crisp, and we didn't get into that. Um, uh, well, that I mean, th- that's that's a... To me, that's a whole nother show. Is top ten cereals? I mean, you and I could go all night about that. But I mean, I hadn't had that for a long time, and it was like the I just took a dry piece is out it of the sugar bear. It's the sugar bear, yeah. It's Honeycrisp. It's okay. No, but, I haven't had that. In, yeah, it's got the bear on the box, and he's he's got some good cereal in there. So. Uh, surprisingly too like you don't th- you just look at it and you're like that doesn't look fruity it doesn't look you know sugary but i think it's pretty sugary yeah <laughs> it's it is sugary it's very good cereal though uh all right let's put a wrap to it um your best bet pod on instagram we'll put tim and i's picks on for the week check out our uh our page throughout the week we gave you fina saturday morning as a live bet um, so if you are following the tournament and you want to pick or two, be giving those out as well. And appreciate you listening once again. And we'll catch you next time.